The mules are in the corral. Welcome to Mule Talk, and I'm Cindy K. Roberts, your host. On this day's segment of Mule Talk, we have a guest, Linda K. Jones, and she's from Arizona. And Linda has a remarkable story about her mule named Rosie. Welcome to the show, Linda. Well, thank you, Cindy. I have read your story about your mule. It really hit me straight to the heart because your mule and, and of course, yourself, you went through a lot of, of heartache of being separated. So you broke your leg and so you couldn't ride anymore and all this. So so let's back up to what happened. How long have you owned Rosie before you broke your leg? Bought her in November. She arrived November 2015 and I had a riding accident on another mule in August of 2017. So it was almost a year that I had owned her. And you, the two of you were the best of buds and you, you did a lot together. And Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny how some mules uh, kind of have to get that get-to-know-you period. When Rosie came off that trailer, it was an instant bond with me to her and her to me as, as well. I was riding her five days after she arrived from Missouri. We do a lot of camping and riding with our mules. And I had taken her to Bryce Canyon and rode her on the famous Peekaboo Trail. Did a lot of desert camping here in the winter of Arizona with her. So we did a lot. Uh, Rosie just seemed to click with me. And in a mule kind of sensible way, she just said, hey, you're my person. That was it. You went on vacation and that's when you broke your leg. Yeah, she was a five-year-old mule that had a few, or I should say a lot of saddle time when we bought her. She was racking up uh, in New Mexico on a camp trip on a big ranch we were camping at for my husband. And the second day, the weather was kind of bad. So we sat around in camp around the campfire and I was getting kind of bored and I thought, well, I'll just ride this mule just to kind of see if she settled in a little bit. I chose not to take her out off the ranch, out, out on the trail in the wilderness in the Gila Forest. I rode her around there and ranch. She did that old famous donkey, what old timers call the donkey on me. And she raised her head and grabbed the bit and just started doing a fast trot. I could not stop her. Uh, at all, even the one rain stop, which I'm used to from riding horses. We were going down a slight hill and I lost my feet out of the stirrups and balance went out the back door. And, and thankfully I was wearing a helmet at that time because I did have a slight concussion when I hit the ground. I don't remember anything, but I do remember I had a slight concussion. Not something that, you know, anybody should ever go through. So you go through this period of, of your leg being broken and the doctor tells you, hey, you're not ever going to be able to ride again. Yes, it was an MRI the x-ray said, boy, you did a number to your leg, and I don't think you'll ever be able to ride again. And it didn't really sink in at that time, obviously, when you're in the ER. The surgeon who actually repaired the leg, the orthopedic surgeon, said that due to my age at that time, and he looked at me and he says, well, most likely you'll not be able to ride. That was a pretty heart-sinking comment to hear from two doctors. 
And since, you know, I've been writing most of my life, sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow when, that when you're not ready to give up the idea of writing, even at 64. Found a home for Rosie. Yes, yes, I did. Tell us about that. Okay. Well, what happened is that um, a lady that I had bumped into, oh, four years prior, I had kept in contact, and she was an author of a few books on animals. She rode mules, too, and lived in Prescott, Arizona. So we had something in common, which was mules. So we formed a, a friendship. And she saw on Facebook my announcement of the accident and the surgery I had and that I had to give up riding altogether and sell everything, mules and everything that we own, to do a start a different life. She picked up on it. And at the time, Rose was looking for a smaller mule to ride that she could easily get on because she was a little older than me and was having hip issues. She contacted me and said, I would like to take Rosie. So she bought her, called her up to Prescott on her beautiful ranch up there. <laughs> the reason why I decided to buy Rosie is because she knew Rosie through all my Facebook posts and pictures. And I always spoke that she was the most perfect mule I ever owned and basically she is. So she was looking for that perfect mule and since she knew me and she didn't know Rosie, she thought this was a great opportunity for her to buy Rosie. So when Rosie arrived up in Prescott, Rosie was not happy. Rose saw that in her infinite wisdom and decided to give Rosie some time in the get-to-know-you period. Rosie would not have anything to do with Rose. She wouldn't come to her. She wouldn't allow her to bridle her, which is not Rosie. I mean, Rosie will drop her head and put her bridle on and everything. And <clears throat> she wouldn't walk up to Rose's um, steps that her husband made for her so she could get in the saddle easier. That's not the Rosie I knew because I do the same thing. And Rosie even kicked her and, and didn't make contact that she kicked out at her. And so Rose was seeing another Rosie that was the complete opposite of what she knew Rosie was like with me. Different mule. So then what happened? I mean, she's not getting along with this mule and, and you're miserable because you've got a broken leg. So, yeah. I mean, how did you cope with that? Well, you know, the mind does funny things to us in certain situations that we naturally learn to accept. I was 11 weeks in a wheelchair and then and a walker and I couldn't put any weight bearing on this leg for 11 weeks. Just come to the realization that you have no power over the things you cannot control. So for the things you cannot control and have no say-so in, in making the changes, changes, you accept the change. We had a 10-acre ranch here in Wickenburg, and it was a big home, and we decided, well, we don't need 10 acres. We aren't riding anymore because my husband decided to give up riding too and, and sold the mule that I came off of. Well, actually, he sold it back to the man we uh bought it from. You know, you just kind of learn to accept what you can't, don't have power over. That's what I, what I had to come to terms to do. And it wasn't easy. It really wasn't easy to I, do. Yes. And, and it's really hard when you're sitting all day in pain and on oxycodone, sitting in a wheelchair and doing puzzles. When even at my age, I was always outside, active, doing something and keeping busy. So this was quite a, a life-changing experience. 
experience for me to be immobile and then have everything else happen. That was tough. Then what happened? When I went in October 16th to, I took my first step in his office after 11 weeks. And all this time, and your your mule is miserable. She's up and without you. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Yes, he was. I, I would even get phone calls and emails and texts from Rose uh, once in a while saying, what's wrong with your perfect mule? She would tell me things she was doing and I'm going, oh my gosh, that's not the Rosie I know. You know, I guess you're just going to have to give her time. You know, in between all this, we we had our house up for sale, our property, and was going to move to a non-morse property and live the suburb life, you know, while this was all going on. I mean, there was a lot going on that kept me out of the emotional stage of not having her because I was just going to move forward and, of course, still stay in contact with Rose. No, it was interesting. So it's months later and you realize that you're going to be able to ride. And Well, what happened was the orthopedic surgeon, he had watched how the strength in my leg has come back, how I feel according to the x-ray that day that I have. <laughs> the funny thing is I'm sitting on the doctor's table there in front of him and he says, well... He says, you know, you have healed so beautifully and you're doing so good, you can ride again. <laughs> I'm sitting there with this look on my face like, you've got to be kidding me. And I looked at him with just this blank look and I said, I sold my mule. And I think I kind of took him by surprise and he didn't know what to say. <laughs> I went home and I came in the house and I told my husband, I said, well, doctor says I can ride again and I don't remember what he had to say in return it was just kind of like what what just happened you know that all of a sudden I can't ride and now I can ride so it was kind of a shock for me but it really didn't hit me until I got that fateful phone call from Rose and this was at the same time yeah my appointment was at nine o'clock that morning I wasn't even home from the doctor's appointment and hearing that I can ride again I was home about an hour my daughter was spending some time with me and she was heading back to California. So after she left, I sat down and I get a ping on my phone and it's Rose Miller texting me saying, has your daughter left? I have something I want to talk to you about. And that's all she said. And I'm panicking thinking, oh my gosh, something's wrong with Rosie. And I said, yeah, she's gone. And Rose responded, well, um, I sent you an email, so I want you to read it first before you call me. And I thought, oh my gosh. So I quickly went to my uh, email, read her email, lengthy email, and I was so emotionally in tears after I read the email that I responded back by email and said, I can't call you right now. I am so emotionally distraught. I said, give me a while a day to absorb all that you are telling me, and I will call you in a day or two. Basically, in the email, she told me that Rosie just was so unhappy with her being up there the past few months that she decided to seek a animal communicator that uh, she had had used for quite a few years. Okay, now and, uh, explain to us what is an animal communicator? I've used animal communicators in the past 
and I'm still not 100% versed in it, but I understand there's a lot of naysayers and out there against an animal communicator, but we as human beings tend to be that way for things we have either A, don't understand, or B, we've never experienced. But what an animal communicator basically is, is they have a unique ability through training or natural means to communicate with animals through mental pictures. Um, Animals don't have a verbal language like we do, but they do communicate in pictures, as, as, as I understand it. And Rose Miller has shown Tennessee walkers uh, back in Indiana for, for many, many years, and she got involved in animal communication like I did out of curiosity and experience. And... I had used an animal communicator years ago a couple times out of curiosity. And all I can say is, is that from my experience is that the animal was communicating through the animal communicator things that were not generic, like, oh, I like my halter, or I think my new saddle is great. But it was things that only I knew that nobody else knew that was a little bit more specific on things and that's what kind of made me a believer but I do want to say I am not one to run to the phone and call an animal communicator when I think something's wrong I'm I'm not that kind of person um but there are people out there so it's kind of like telepathy Uh, yeah that's basically what it is okay and okay uh, and so Rose called called this communicator out, and she spent time with Rosie the mule. Uh, tell us about that. Well, she was so upset with my perfect mule not cooperating for her that she wanted to know, hey, what's going on with this mule that I should know about? And in Rose's email, uh, she wanted me to kind of work with the animal communicator, but what basically what the animal communicator told Rose after um, communicating with Rosie, I guess you could say, um, Rosie said through the animal communicator that she is not happy being with Rose because she is not number one in Rose Miller's life. Rose had another mule named Susie Q that was number one in the barn and Rosie said she can't accept being with Rose and wanted to come back home with me and she thought it was she was just there temporarily and she was coming back and the animal communicator expressed to Rose Miller that Rosie was like an absent teenager with her arms folded and stomping the ground and saying, I am not happy here and I want to go home. And when the animal communicator said to Rosie the mule that she has to cooperate and be happy with Rose Miller, Rosie just kind of explained that, no, she doesn't want to be happy there. She's not number one. And she was number one with me. And that's where she wants to be. And uh, she doesn't. She didn't understand why she had to be sold because of my accident. And that's according to what the animal communicator said. And um, 
And so Rose basically was not in her email asking me to buy her back um, after she found out I could ride again. But what she was asking me to do was to work with the animal communicator to convince Rosie to stay with Rose. Ah. And I said, so see, that's the clincher right there. And I said, Rose, I can't do that. And your animal communicator should know that too, because animals, they're not thinkers like us and reasoning. Um, And that's where a lot of people kind of get misconstrued with animal communication is that animals are black and white thinkers and they think in the present. They don't think, well, in the future or in the past, sort of speak, but they're in the moment right now, black and white thinkers. And I said, I can't tell Rosie to communicate to the her through the animal communicator that she's got to stay with Rose. I said, that can't happen. First of all, because I wouldn't want to do it. And second of all, it wouldn't work because they, they don't think other than black and white and Rose and you know she's a wonderful woman and she's very sensitive to people's feelings and she she got it she totally got what I was saying so she said well would you like to buy her back and I said well yeah so Tim and I talked about it and when Tim found out about that's my husband uh about the animal communication thing which he was a naysayer too in the beginning. Ah, you know, again, blah, blah, blah. Well, he had his horse red too. And so he's a believer in it himself. But he just looked at me and said, Rosie needs to come home. That was the beginning of everything. So we bought Rosie back and went up to Prescott and borrowed a trailer because we had sold our horse trailer. In fact, we sold and gave away everything except saddles. We got Rosie and Rosie was home and it was like Rosie never left. Yeah. That's remarkable. So, yeah, well, it really is because what makes this story so unique that I have to bring out is here's the thing too that it was kind of goosebumpy is the very time, the very time that I was at the doctor having my last exam and X-rays and him telling me I can ride again was the same hour and time that Rosie was read by the animal communicator, and that's what that's what kind of puts a twist in this story. So. Anyway, it's a happy ending, that's for sure. And I have had Rosie read just out of curiosity, I think it was last month, uh, just to kind of finalize, you know, all the events. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not into animal communication as as a whole, you know, and, and it's not because I don't believe in it. It's just that it's just not something I... You know, it's like when you know your animal's happy, do you really need confirmation from something like an animal communication person? And so that's why I um, don't use them on a constant basis like some people do. I did it just out of curiosity and to kind of finalize the story. There you go. So Rosie is back home and it's just like she never left. And Right. Um, yeah, she came back January 2018 and then I I had to get a little, I had to adopt a little uh, BLM donkey to keep her company. And then the story kind of twist where we were looking for a house in the suburbs and now we were finding ourselves looking for horse property again. What about and Tim? Does does Tim have a mule now? Or Yes, yes. 
uh, I wrote it in the Western New Magazine. Um, he found himself a very lovely Tennessee Walker uh, mule that originally was born in Kentucky. And a wonderful man by the name of Joe McMullen raised her and rode her. She's just gem of a mule. In fact, I got to ride her uh, in the mountains just a few days ago. And she's a pleasure to ride, too. You know, it's a happy ending. Tim got a more mature been there, done that mule. I've got Rosie back, and and since she's been back, um, we're back to camping and and, uh, riding and enjoying what we like to do, and Rosie's happy, and uh, all is fine. So, is Rosie on Facebook? Rosie's always on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know, when you have dogs and cats and mules and horses, uh, they're part of your our lives. You know, I'm no different than anybody else. Rosie always on Facebook, and um, you know, she was featured. I wrote my own uh, Rose Miller. Uh, the story was so unique that she wrote a, a chapter in her book, and Western Neil Magazine um, wanted my own version of Rosie's story, so I wrote a two-part story for Western Neil Magazine on on this. Tell us the name of the book that she's featured in. Rose Miller wrote this book, and then there's a chapter in there about Rosie. Yeah, yeah. It's called her. The name of the book she wrote is Girls Can Be Cowboy Too. And it's just a fascinating different chapters in the book of ranch women and their daily lives, what they do with their mules and their horses. There are mules in the story. Because Rosie's story was so unique in what we just discussed with the timing and the animal communicator. Rose felt it to add Rosie's story, uh, which her and I wrote together, and she put that story in a chapter in her book. So, yeah, Rosie's famous in her own right, I guess. Well, that's good. That is really, it's amazing uh, to hear a story like this. I mean, I just, it has a happy ending. Yeah, and through the animal communicator that read her, Rose, I called her, and and bottom line is is Rosie's happy to be home, and, and, and uh, you know, she feels it her duty to take care of me because she knows the accident, according to the animal communicator. But, I mean, she told me nothing that I already didn't know. And I guess that's getting back to where I don't seek them on a basis of doing it a lot. Right. But, because yeah, I knew she was happy. So, yeah, it's, you know, animals are amazing and they do talk to us in, in their own language. And I think sometimes it's just up to us to kind of stop and listen to it. Uh, and how they express their communication to us. And not many do that. No, they don't. Um, Linda, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. I, I enjoyed it. And uh, I, I, I enjoy your program and I listen to all of them. And, and thank you for having me. I well, appreciate it. That's it for this segment of Meal Talk. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or a sponsor, get in touch with me, Cindy K. Roberts. Check out my mule training books. They're available at everycowgirlsdream.com, Amazon Prime, and other participating outlets. Gotta go. My mule's looking for me. I will catch you next time on Mule Talk.